welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Stocker and Stocker, and the citation for this case is 2019 UKSC 17. And the moral of this case is that you should always be careful about what you post on Facebook, and throughout the course of this episode, you will begin to see why. The two parties are Nicola Stocker and Ronald Stocker, and they used to be husband and wife until they split up and got a divorce back in 2010. Mr Stocker then began a new relationship with Deborah Bly, but the problems in the context of this case began in late 2012, when the two women got in touch on Facebook to discuss the behaviour of Mr Stocker. All of this was not carried out on Facebook Messenger, but rather via the comment section of a status update posted by Ms Bly. And so everything was also visible to the Facebook friends of Ms Bly, and that's an important point. The key comment from Ms Stocker was in response to the issue of her former husband's infidelity, and it's worth quoting in full, as she said, quote, Wouldn't bring it up. Last time I accused him of cheating, he spent a night in the cells. Tried to strangle me. Police don't take too kindly to finding your wife with your handprints round her neck. But don't worry, you will get a nice watch for Christmas, exclamation mark, end quote. Unsurprisingly, Mr Stocker was not exactly happy about these posts and therefore brought the present proceedings for defamation. That would all be fine, but a significant complication lies in the fact that Mr Stocker is by no means some innocent angel. Back in 2003, he did commit an offence against his now former wife. He has been arrested three times, and he has had some involvement with firearms over the years. Nevertheless, the argument that he made in this defamation case was that by using the words tried to strangle, Mrs Stocker had implied that her ex had tried to kill her, whereas he had actually been trying to physically shut her up by forcibly placing one hand over her mouth and the other on her upper neck. On the other side, Mrs Stocker claimed that the verb strangle would actually cover these circumstances as it refers to being grasped by the neck so that her breathing was restricted and she was put in fear of being killed. This is known as the defence of justification and is where the purported defamatory statement is allowed because it is at least mostly true. So that is ultimately what this case comes down to. What does it actually mean to strangle someone? At the trial, Mr Justice Mitting began where many of us in this situation might be tempted to start, with the dictionary. The Oxford English Dictionary contains two possible meanings for what it means to strangle someone. Firstly, it can mean to kill by external compression of the throat, and secondly, it can simply mean to constrict the neck or throat painfully. That second definition seems to swing things in the favour of Mrs Stocker, but the problem was that in the Facebook comment the word strangle wasn't used in isolation, and instead she used the phrase trying to strangle. In the judge's opinion, because Mr Stocker had actually succeeded in constricting the throat, it couldn't be said that he was trying to strangle his ex-wife in that sense of the word, and so that second definition should not apply. This just leaves us with the first definition where strangle means to actually kill by way of constriction of the throat. As a result, in this context the message had to be interpreted such that Mr Stocker had actually tried to kill his ex-wife, and while what he did likely amounted to common assault, it was certainly not an attempt on her life. At the trial, therefore, the defence of justification failed, and Mr Stocker was successful in his defamation claim. 
The case was appealed, and while the Court of Appeal noted that when we are trying to work out the natural and ordinary meanings of words, we shouldn't be using dictionaries, they went on to say that in this instance, doing so had not truly impacted the outcome of the case because it was only a check carried out by Justice Mitting. Mrs Stocker's final chance was to go to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. The justices began by picking up on a rather odd contradiction from the original judgment when the case went to trial. We know that Mrs Stocker used the phrase tried to strangle, and this was taken to mean that an attempt had been made on her life because of the deduction coming from the two definitions that we mentioned earlier. However, if the verb strangle had been used on its own, then either definition would have been able to apply. And so we end up in this situation where saying, he strangled me, is actually less serious than saying he tried to strangle me. You don't have to have access to the Oxford English Dictionary or even a solid grasp of the English language to understand how ridiculous this is. It is an attempt to apply strict logic to a legal problem that then leads to conclusions that are far removed from reality. However, it wasn't just the original judgment that had flaws, as the Supreme Court also went on to critique the approach that had been taken by the Court of Appeal as well. Remember, they upheld the judgment because Justice Mitting was only using the dictionary as a check. But that simply wasn't true. Mitting had referred to the dictionary before the case even began, and never actually described what he was doing as a check. Instead, the definitions of strangled that he used were not only the starting point for his decision, but were, in reality, the only meanings that had been given any serious consideration throughout. That may all be true, but it doesn't really bring us any closer to what approach should be taken, nor a definition that can be applied. In order to discover this, the justices of the Supreme Court moved away from the restrictive approach of dictionary definitions, and instead looked to how words are interpreted by the ordinary reasonable reader. Part of doing this also involves thinking about the context of any given statement as well, and in the present case this is especially important because a comment on Facebook is quite different to say something that has been published by a journalist in a national newspaper. This is to say that Facebook is a rather casual medium, and your average user is not exactly crafting what they say with the elan and nuance of a best-selling author. That same conversational style also applies to readers who are skimming through what they see, without normally giving the text a second thought. It is Lord Kerr who gives the lead judgement, and although he doesn't say as much, it is pretty clear that he is dropping strong hints that he just doesn't care about his fellow justices' status updates about their most recent holidays in the south of France. Anyway, the point is that it just isn't helpful to try and carry out a forensic analysis on a Facebook comment, because that sort of depth of thinking just doesn't occur to the average reader. Beyond being an issue of interpretation, this was a legal error on the part of Justice Mitting that led to an unrealistic analysis of the purportedly defamatory comment. With that in mind, the appeal was not only allowed, but the Supreme Court actually stepped in and held that for the reasonable reader of the Facebook comment, tried to strangle simply means that Mr Stocker had grabbed Mrs Stocker by the throat and applied force to her neck. Therefore, the defence of justification is in fact successful, and it is the defamation claim that fails. We can begin our own analysis of this case by making the rather obvious point that this is a good decision by the Supreme Court. You can see what Justice Mitting is trying to do in his original judgment, 
and almost every law student in the country is probably familiar with the literal rule where a dictionary definition is applied to an interpretation. Nevertheless, it produces a complete contradiction and just doesn't make any sense at all in this context. Perhaps the most surprising thing is that the Court of Appeal not only allowed this to stand, but also completely misunderstood the approach that was originally taken by Justice Mitting in the High Court. After all, it was pretty clear that the dictionary was not just being used as a mechanism for checking a definition, but was instead relied upon heavily throughout the judgment. In truth, it almost feels like the Court of Appeal barely read the original judgment, or instead used it as a means of getting to the same conclusion. A change was needed, and thankfully that was exactly what we got from the Supreme Court, who, instead of getting lost in the words, actually thought about the context that those words exist in. Most of us are on Facebook or some other social media platform, and certainly do not apply the scrupulous analysis of the language that we saw from the High Court when we are casually checking updates on our lunch break. For the judiciary, it is important that they understand not only the changes in technology that are taking place, but also how people interact with that technology, as that will continue to be an important basis for legal action moving forward. In a much broader sense, this case also tells us a lot about how the civil courts can be used by the rich to carry out familial disputes. Mrs Stocker was clearly trying to create drama with her comments on Facebook, and succeeded in getting a rise out of her former husband who, instead of reacting in a measured way, spent the next six years and more than a million pounds trying to achieve what he considered to be justice. What makes this even worse is that this is clearly a pattern, as when I was researching earlier judgments from these proceedings, I stumbled across another Stocker and Stocker case involving the same parties. That involved an email exchange where Mrs Stocker had reached out to Ms Bly's former partner, ostensibly because of concerns regarding her own son's welfare, but which again had the effect of prompting legal action from Mr Stocker. In essence, the Stockers seem to be made for each other, and it's not difficult to see why they were once married, and why their split has been so acrimonious. Part of me wants to just throw up my hands and say that if they really want to chuck their money away on absolutely ridiculous legal cases, then that is their right. But on the other hand, this is a complete waste of court time, which could be put to much better use, resolving genuine disputes. My point is not even to necessarily throw shade at them for being rich, but if they weren't rich, then they would have to find some other way of sorting this out, like mediation, or imagine this, blocking each other on Facebook. Money certainly doesn't solve all of your problems, and this is one case where it has actually ended up causing more problems than it was worth. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Special thanks this week also go out to charlielaw1980, who has also been in touch on email, and also to Hegleyfan as well for leaving very kind reviews on iTunes. If you want to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, then that really does help the podcast. I checked out this week, and it turns out that UK Law Weekly is number 125 in the country, and in the news and politics section, which I hadn't even really checked before and was very surprised to see. And that's mainly thanks to your ratings and reviews. So thank you very much for that. I'll be back with another case next week. But for now, bye!